what is the vision of our church you know we have a five fold vision of the church what is the first one worship prayer revival evangelism discipleship okay so which is the first one worship in fact it's not just worship it says to host god in worship that is one of the vision that is one of the you know that is one one of the reasons we as a church are existing here bangalore has many number of churches in a radius of 5 kilometers in and around us there are 200 churches okay there is a reason why god has brought us as a church and the vision that we have as a church is to host god in worship that makes it really important to for us okay i don't know about anybody else but for us as a church and to each one of us individually to know what worship is okay now trying to teach you worship will be like trying to teach you swimming in the classroom you know you will never understand uh, if i give you like some theory about worship you'll only be able to understand so much okay but it's only when you when you submerge yourself in worship that you understand what it really would be like because i i really feel that um we need to get to the next level in worship our church is is moving into the next level it's a new season for the church yeah and with greater um expectations or greater responsibilities come greater challenges yeah and that is the amount of worship and that is the amount of prayer that we need to immerse in uh, to be able to you know hold the responsibility on your hand so we have a group or we have a team that are primarily made up of from the church see why why was the invitation given to each one of you it was because you're all part of the team that is worship leaders okay so i'm going to divide this into two parts okay this portion i will be talking about this portion pastor priji will be taking in some time okay so we are going to talk only about only talk about worship what do you understand by worship what is worship it is hosting god yes worship is hosting god we have 40 minutes of 40 45 minutes of worship and praise in church it's a good amount of time out of like 2 hours that we are spending we are spending close to 45 minutes in only worshiping why are we doing that because god enjoys worship okay god enjoys worship god enjoys praise that is god's food yes <laughs> okay <laughs> that is god's food is it because we don't understand that we don't have a response or is it because we think that what we are saying may not be right it's okay but it's it's very important to know what worship is before we can take up the responsibility of a worship leader and i'm when i'm say when i'm saying worship leader i'm counting each and every one of you in that you may not be functioning in the role of a worship leader but when you look at the church and you look at yourself you are a worship leader i'll tell you why in in some time okay let's just move to what we do in church on a regular sunday we have 
praise and worship that happens for 45 minutes okay so like like we just you know said worship is something that god enjoys worship is something that um uh, you know that that makes the throne for god to come you know that that's what the bible says right when when we praise he makes a throne in the in the shouts and praises of his people okay so now that we know that we are dealing with worship and praise how is it different that we talk about worship and then we talk about praise what is different between praise and worship though both are equally important praise is telling god okay you are exhorting him okay yes revelation so we have a revelation of who god is and out of that worship comes whereas praise is something that uh, we are telling ourselves or telling others or telling god about who god is let me take you back to the old testament okay the old testament because whenever we want to see the foundation of any concept that god has created god has created the concept of marriage god has created the concept of family god has created the concept of ownership okay in the same manner god is the one who introduced the concept of worship where do you see worship first abraham was there so you mean to say there was no worship before abraham Cain and Abel when they were sacrificing okay so there was no worship before that before the creation of the world there was worship yes who who was worshiping the angels were worshiping right so it's not a new concept okay and from there we are going to learn not just from there but even from the old testament so you see that there is worship who was the first worship leader in the bible lucifer and what happened he he had pride he boasted in himself so you know what worship is not worship is not about you it's not talking about you when we think of worship we think of think of songs we think of skills we think of um, talent we think of the mood of the church what is what would the church like you know will it be fast pumpy songs can we have bass along with it when we talk about all that we are moving into something totally different it is not worship okay so when you talk about worship you only and only focus on god okay so let me put it this way praise is like how sasha said it is going to be something that is um you telling everybody about who god is okay so it this is you and you are telling everybody about who god is and you gather along with everybody else and there is there is praise that happens 
So this is one direction. Whereas worship is like how she said, this is you and you understand who God is or you have a revelation of who God is. How do you have a revelation of who God is? By being in his presence, okay. So you're in his presence. You're experiencing his love. Or probably he's just, nobody can tell you who God is other than God himself, right? And you decided to spend time with God. So it comes out of a two-way relationship. It is not unidirectional. God doesn't sit to praise you. Okay, but when you sit to worship, God actually reveals himself to you. So there is talking happening back to you. So this is actually a multi-directional experience. It's an experience. Worship is an experience. Okay, where when you understand the concept that it's not just songs and it's not just telling someone, telling, you know, brother, let me encourage you, let's sing a song. That is you encouraging yourself in God, that becomes praise. But when it is, when it is um, something that is deep and personal to you, it becomes worship. That is why you can do this with others. Whereas this has to be an experience that you have alone. Do you understand? We spend 45 minutes in praise and worship and we don't know how much of worship is involved in that 45 minutes. That is why it is important for us to understand what worship is. It is like saying when you get married, there will be 100 people to attend your wedding. In front of them, you declare, this is my husband or this is my wife. And, you know, you walk the aisle in front of them and you put the ring in front of them. It's, it's a public declaration, right? That is what praise is. But when the, when the wedding day is over and you move to living out that relationship, probably you've you know, you've not seen this, or you've probably you've not um, gotten much time with, because that's what happens in India, right? Marriages, uh, you, you see a person, then there is a waiting period, and you may not get to know that person much before marriage, Indian context of marriage. It's not very common to be dating, to, be, to know more about the person. We, it's, it's very less that we see that, okay? So on the, on the day of the wedding, there is a lot of celebration. There is a lot of uh, back and forth conversation that happens. But only after the wedding day, when you start your married life, do you understand who this person is? Because now you are in a relationship. You are in a relationship now. You are in a relationship with God. And I believe that God made marriage. See, God made Adam. God made Eve. God made the animals. God made the plants. Everything had a purpose, right? So why did God leave Adam to go search for a mate 
among the animals. When God made animals, the Bible says he made them male and female. God made animals male and female. He made birds male and female. He made, it, he made the plants and said, go have fruits. What was going on in God's head that he made Adam first and then said, go, search for your mate? How will he go search for a mate and say, you know, he'll look at a monkey and say, oh, this, the girl of this looks nice. What was God thinking? Have you tried, you know, tried asking God, Lord, what were you thinking when you were, was it like an afterthought? You know, some, some of these uh, jokes they pass around saying, uh, God made the man before the woman because you always make the rough model before you make a masterpiece. What was God trying to do when he was trying to make Adam feel loneliness? That's the answer actually. <laughs> what was he trying to do when he was trying to make Adam feel lonely? He is not one among the animals, okay. Had Adam not been alone on the first day, he would not have gone searching. He would not have felt something missing, you know. And it was only through his wife that he understood what relationship felt like. Because when you go back to heaven, you know, or let's talk about the angels, the angels don't have mates because they already understand the concept of worship. Okay? But when man was made to worship and God had to teach him something about worship, he did it this way. He made man on the sixth day. He made man. And then he left the man alone so that this man understood this fruit is not going to satisfy a hunger in me. Being with animals will not satisfy my hunger in me. Taking care of the garden will not satisfy a hunger in me. There is something more about me that I need to know. What is it? It's that I am craving for a relationship. And you will understand it well, very, very deeply, very intensely when you get married. When, you know, that is why the Bible, it commands the man to love the, love the bride or love his wife, like how Christ loved the church. You cannot love your wife well enough if you do not understand how Christ loved you. So this is worship. And we are all made to worship. It's a relationship, you know. So when you come to lead worship, and if you've not had this this is very hard for you to worship. Then probably what you're doing is singing some songs and, and you know, uh, letting people have a good time. Probably you'll, you'll finish with here, which is a good thing. People like praise, you know. But it has to come out of an overflow. What do I mean by overflow? Probably more than what we can contain. Yeah, more than what we can contain. It's an excess. Your worship on stage should be an overflow of what you experience in your alone times. Because can you imagine if you get married and you have to live your marriage with 15 people in the house throughout the time, 24 bar 7, how will it be? How will it be for you if you get married? 
and you know first of all you've not gone for honeymoon only then you have you know in-laws parents your parents their parents your brothers sisters yeah their his brothers sisters everybody is there and you going to live like this guru is already like what are you serious no that's not happening to me you don't get time to spend okay what happens when you don't get time to spend very less understanding between the husband and the wife weak relationship bang on it's a very superficial relationship if you only have to smile in front of the church if you only have to hold hands in front of the church you know it is a very superficial experience it's a very superficial relationship there is nothing deep about it and and you should always understand marriage always keep this thought in your head when you are worshiping it is like marriage it is like you got married to that person will that person leave you even when you are sitting in the toilet but this person is adored even when this person wakes up in the morning with that bad breath with probably not taken bath because it's been a day since they've taken bath and they're in their home clothes and their hair is not washed even in that time this person is adored even in that time this person is admired because this person now that you're married to this person this person is going to be with you for life there is no escaping this person and the bible you know david i don't know if it is david exactly but he says even if i hide myself in the depths of the ocean you are there how can i run away from your presence you are there you are there you are there everywhere how can you run away from his presence if you're trying to if you're trying to you know say that no i'll finish my job and i'll get back how are you going to run away from from a relationship how are you going to run away from in your alone times he's still there now the the fact is he is there and that he loves you now it is your job to connect it through worship he is always there he always loves you connect this aspect through worship when we talk about worship leaders i like something that pastor ray william has taught me personally he said if you are a worship leader if you are a worship leader you are actually a lead worshipper what does that mean there is a crowd that is worshiping and you are on stage worshiping you are the one heading the entire congregation in worship you are not a worship leader you are a lead worshiper again this is the important aspect in that lead worshiper has to rely on worship he has to rely on worship so let me just summarize what we've learned till now worship what is worship it is a relationship worship is you having a relationship with god and there is news for you the fact that no other god on this planet or outside has guaranteed a relationship with you other than god our god yahweh there is no other god you can you can have 
a relationship without worship, but you cannot have a worship without relationship. Re worship is the condition of your heart. What does that mean? Sometimes we feel that, you know, we're not qualified for worship leading if you're going through something very bad, if you are if you are going through a season of testing, if you're going through a season of, um, you know, brokenness, or if it's some... You understand, right? If it's, if it's a hard time for you. I mean, it, it often happens that we just say, you know what, I'm not leading worship. It is fine. Leading worship, if you don't feel like it, it's okay. But does that stop you from worshipping at all? It should not. It should not. You know why? The, the beauty about this point is, if you look into David's life, David, the success about his life or about, the, about his uh, reign as a king was not when he became king. It was when he was a shepherd. It was when he was a shepherd that he had a relationship with God. When Samuel came to anoint a king from Jesse's family, all of the sons, Jesse displayed them to Samuel. Okay? And God told Samuel, no, it's none of these. And it, it came like an afterthought to Jesse. Do you have any other sons? Do I have any other sons? Oh, yeah, there's one who's somewhere in the field. I don't know, he's useless. But you should understand that was because that he was so alone. That he was, he was as alone as Adam probably. He was as alone as Adam out there with his flock of sheep that he learnt how to inculcate a relationship with God. And it was that relationship that saw him through. He killed Goliath. He was the most successful king if you see the history of Israel. Not even Solomon with all his wisdom. Solomon at the max had acquired peace with, with a lot of people. But in, in the process he compromised. Because the, the way he guaranteed peace was by marrying the daughters of the king. He compromised. Not even Solomon who was considered the wisest was considered a great king. It was David who with his relationship, who with his flawed personality was still considered the greatest king because he immersed himself in worship. Worship gives you a very different outlook to your life. Worship is the condition of your heart. And it was the same David, if you look at all the Psalms that you're reading, not all the Psalms are very pretty. They're not all the Psalms can you read out in church. Some Psalms are like, God, my enemies are standing in front of me. Go break their teeth. Lord, I pray that you would dash the head of their children on the rock. I'm like, why would you even talk like that? Be nice. You are David. Right? David was so raw in the presence of God. He was raw. He was as he is. He was, you know, you can say probably he was naked in his spirit. Like Adam was. When Adam was made for a relationship with Jesus, he was naked. There was no covering in front of him. Like that, if you worship, you can go through trials. You can go through problems. You can go through a lot of difficult situations. That should not stop you from worship. Because worship is raw. Because you are alone. 
because worship comes out of a relationship worship is sacrifice worship is sacrifice worship is sacrifice to such an extent that you sacrifice yourself it is in that moment the word worship if you trace the root word it means adoration by bowing down you trace the root word for worship it means surrender it means giving yourself away which means that after not after during your times of worship you have completely let go of yourself there are no more agendas there are no more um you know personal we we are so lost in god because that is the time when god is going to to show himself to you that you when you prepare for worship that is what you should prepare for that god is going to come and and god is going to talk and god is going to reveal and when you go with your problems that look like giants that look like mountains to god god will stand in front of those problems and those problems will start looking like mustard seeds will start looking like small insignificant things so that is where you start sacrificing which is why the elements of worship that pastor priji is once spoken in church about the elements of worship involve raising your hand standing up you know people who are in worship they don't have to be told can you please rise to your feet as we start singing hymn number 103 of the the hymn book turn to they won't be needed to be reminded that that you need to stand up you need to raise your hands can we all raise our hands can we all jump out can we shout louder they won't need to be told any of this they will automatically prostrate themselves you know what prostrate is they go flat on the ground and they cover their faces that is because right now they just sacrificing their self esteem in front of other people they they start you know there are there are these there are these elements of worship there is a you know they 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 wave the banner they wave banner there is dance there's dance that is involved in worship it it will not be you know steps the worship cannot be contained in you and you break out in worship and there is dance and they take shofar and they start blowing into it they they just take anything and everything that is around them to to let go of themselves worship is ministering there's another word for it waiting waiting on god when you are in church and you worshiping or you leading worship something happens when you're worshiping because we we spoke about how worship is a is a multidirectional relationship right so you are not just immersing yourself in god god is also going to transfer some things that he has in you that is why healings happen during worship that is why people just break out in tears during worship that is why um, you know demons cannot stand worship the moment you start worshiping in truth and in spirit 
demons start manifesting. Especially if you just completely let go. It, you know why that happens? Because there is a transfer that, that God puts in your heart. God starts to put His thoughts into your heart. And that is when you start ministering. Because now you are the hands and feet of God. You go in worship, you go and touch someone and you know, they'll start, they'll break out in tears. Or some bondage will be broken loose over people. That happens during worship. It, worship is when you wait on God. You wait on God. You wait on God. Lord, what is your heart for the people? You wait on God. You know, this is where we need to reach. That when worship starts in church, you know, the principalities will start shaking. They'll be broken loose over, over the church, over this, over this surrounding. Because it's, this worship is not just contained within the four walls. It is going out. It's going out. You know, you've seen waiters in restaurants. You go to some good restaurant where you know, the, the person knows you're going to tip him well. You should see how much he'll wait on you. Sir, menu, menu. Can I get water? Mineral water, distilled water, whatever water. Can I get you something else? Would you like a dessert? You know, they're always around you. They're always waiting to hear, okay. He's, they're always there to take a command from you. And you tell them one word, they will understand everything that, is, that you are trying to convey in that one word. They'll run, they'll talk to the, uh, you know, the chef, they'll talk to the people. Uh, you know, pr probably he cannot run, so he'll, he'll direct everybody else. And he will be at your table getting you the best of things, making sure you are served. That is the job of a waiter. That is the job of a worshipper. Because we are waiting on God. God, tell me, how can I help you? How can I help? How can I minister to these people? Because what, when, what do you mean by ministering? What do you mean by ministering? Minister is not, you know, we have the prime minister and then we have the cabinet ministers. When we think of minister, it, we, we think of power, but that is what Lucifer did wrong. He was not placed as the head of the worship team or as the head of the ministry team to, to show or exercise power. He was asked to serve. He was a servant. All our leaders in church are expected to serve because that is the kingdom principle. That is the kingdom principle. It's an upside down kingdom. There's a song that, you know, one of the brothers have written, uh, Brother Sheldon. He's, he says, welcome to the upside down kingdom where servants sit on thrones where the last become the first and the greatest are unknown. That is B. We've not, we've not been given the, the title of a worship leader to boast about ourselves. We've been given the title of a worship leader to be lower than other people. To serve them. To wait on God and say, Lord, let me take, let me, let me take it up from here. And the last one. Worship is words. You know, you need to talk to worship. Because worship is not contained within you. How do I know? How, how is Michael? How do I know without asking him? How has your day been? Are you feeling okay? How will you know? 
without asking, without communicating, without talking. Your, your words are your expression of worship. And you need to express. You can think God will understand everything that is on your heart by just you know, staying mum. Probably not. In a, in a public setup, no. You don't have to you know, say, say out everything that you're feeling. But when you're worshipping, because worship is alone and worship is a relationship. When you're in a relationship and you're worshipping, it's not enough to just keep it in your heart. You need to express it. And how do I put this in the church scenario? You know, you know how you can do this in the church scenario? Because there is something called as prophetic worship. Prophetic worship is part of worship. Prophetic worship is when God has, you've been waiting on God, God shows something in your heart, God puts something in your heart and now it is your job to declare it. Prophetic worship, it is you prophesying over the crowd. You will not know out of the 7500 people who come to church, who is going through what. Someone needs a word, it comes through this prophetic worship. They, someone needs an encouragement, someone needs, uh, you know, probably someone needs a healing, someone needs a job, someone is terribly alone. How will you know? You wait on God and God puts something in your heart and then you declare it, you speak it out, you sing it out. Which is why when you talk about worship, worship is not about just the songs. It is not about just I didn't say it's not about the songs at all. I said it's not just about the songs. It's about the words that make the song. Which is why when you start selecting songs for your worship, sometimes God will give you songs. Sometimes God will remind you of songs that you've heard. That is when God has an agenda in his heart. That we need to speak out those songs. Your words have power. Which means that your worship will have power. When it comes out of your mouth, whatever God has put in your heart, when it comes out of your mouth, it will have power. So if worship is alone, why do we do it in church? It is just a gathering of many individual worshippers. Praise happens as, as one set, you know, like this is praise and everybody is praising. Praise happens as one set. But worship, this person is talking to God, this person is talking to God, this person is talking to God and, and you will have a congregation of just worshippers and you are the lead worshipper. So, I want you to do this right now. Write to yourself five verses from the Bible that you think of or that you can remember that talk about worship or that talk about praise or that talk about singing or that talk about surrender or talk about any of these things that you remember from what we've learned. You're allowed to Google. You're allowed to ask the pastor. If you can, because this will be your personal note to yourself. If you can... Stick it up somewhere where you can see it. Or just ask God. God, can you show me a verse from the Bible that, that is going to stamp the deal, that is going to seal, seal it for me? Whatever I heard about worship today, and I want to be in that place where, where I want to know more about 
I, I want to know more about you in worship. You know, you know, you cannot worship if you don't get your quiet time with God. You cannot worship if you don't get your, your time of prayer. You cannot, you can pray without worshipping, but you cannot worship without praying. Because your words and this prayer is your, is your communication to God. So can you just take some time to ask God, God, give me a verse. Get, get five verses for yourself that you're going to remember like a memory verse, like how we teach the kids in the kids' church, like a memory verse. You can write a short form for it. You can do something to remember these verses so that every time you go to, go to God or every time you start worshipping, these verses will pop up and, and it will be an encouragement to you. So can you take this time to do just that?